0: OTB Sports Rugby.
1: One to fifteen, everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition. But it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that.
2: Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
3: Welcome to the Best Bits Podcast. We look back on Off The Ball's nightly show from Monday to Thursday and bring you all the highlights in one place. We start this week with Ireland's second row James Ryan in conversation with Joe Malloy about the history of the Irish rugby team.
4: I think it's been well documented at this stage that on the night that uh, Dr. Irwin and Brian Driscoll and Paul Rouse and Craig Doyle were in that you uh, stood up and, and said a few words. Why did you choose to get up and speak and what did you speak about, James?
1: Um, well why I did because I knew they were coming in and Paul Race was in as well so he's a professor in history uh, from UCD and um, he's actually taught me uh, with a few different modules and he's brilliant and he probably he probably gave me a a deep understanding of the history of the Irish rugby team and and my perspective on um, you know Ireland's call and the anthems and all that Um, so I just had a few conversations with some of the like my teammates in there, and uh, Mick, our manager, and you know, they said, well, "Why don't you get up and speak a little bit about, about it?" So I just talked a little bit about um, the history of the team. Um, like you're looking at a, you know, a team, you know, that look at the 20th century and, and and even during the most kind of violent uh, sectarian periods uh, on the island, the Irish would team, you know, always managed to um, persist. I um, think that's probably the the greatest achievement of you know, Irish rugby. Um, um and there's a huge amount of strength uh, I think that can be you know, drawn from that Like it's, uh, I think it's a really special jersey um, and then just talked a little bit about Ireland's call and you know how people uh, seem to give out about it a little bit but um, look it might not ever win any Grammy Awards but that's not what it's created for it so, I mean it was it was intended to be inclusive uh, a compromise Um and I think it's Okay, it's a song that people across, you know, the, the whole island can embrace and enjoy. Um, and um, so that's why I, I think it's important that, you know, you know we get behind it um, because of, you know, because I think what it stands for. I mean, it's, it's inclusive, um, it's respectful. Um, and um, so, yeah, I just talked a little bit about Ireland's um, call and, uh, and the history of the team and... Uh,
4: Yeah, we had a good night. Yeah, no, well, a lot of people have said you spoke brilliantly. Uh, Is that something you would have felt comfortable doing 2018, 19? I haven't spoken to you in a couple of years. You seem like very confident in yourself, happy with where you are in your career. Is that something you you would have done at 23,
1: 24? I got up and I talked about it. Uh, Like... If I felt strong enough about it, which I do, well, yeah, I probably would have. Right. Um, but um, yeah, probably I wouldn't have had the same uh, appreciation um, or understanding. I don't think uh, for it uh, okay. then as I do now, um, that on account of your degree. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, my degree and, and learning about it um, would what a lot of. Was what has given me um, like more of understanding and better perspective. Um, and you know, Paul Rice is probably another guy as well. Um, like I, not that I knew nothing. I've always loved history, and, and so I always knew a little bit. Mm. But um, definitely, when I looked into it and I read more about it, it was it's gone actually. Um, that's a really powerful story here that I don't think people are, you know. As aware of as they should be, um, so uh, so yeah, I was delighted to get up and and talk about it for a couple of minutes, and yeah, um, it was very powerful having Dave Durwin in there as well, and you know the sacrifices that people like him made to um, you know to wear the jersey, and um, you know uh, in those in those times, and uh, you know having Paul Rice coming there as well and give guys understanding was
4: cool too. Yeah, we but Paul. Has been a regular in this studio, and I mean he's such a brilliant speaker. He could he could read the phone book and it would somehow be interesting. So when he's dealing with that kind of material, I can imagine how good that was. Yeah. Um I guess, uh, not to uh, rerun this because you've talked about this so much, but I, I'm I'm sure people are generally aware of your great-grandfather as well. And um that is he that's the James Ryan as well, isn't it? Your great-grandfather. Yeah, yeah okay. So even, you know, a, a cursory glance. I mean, extraordinary medical officer at the GPO in 16. I was reading, one of the last to leave with James Connolly after the evacuation, imprisoned till August, uh, anti-treaty, imprisoned in 1922, where he went on hunger strike for 36 days, won his doll seat back in prison and subsequently goes on to be minister's, uh, agriculture, social welfare, and, and ultimately minister for finance under Lamas in the fifties. So, I mean, that that is extraordinary.
1: Yeah, uh, and like it was his story, and, and it wasn't just him. I mean, I mean, s- uh, several members of that family um, were all um, you know very active um, around the time of the Easter Rising and subsequent uh, War of Independence. So. Uh, like quite a nationalist um, family. Um, and uh, yeah, it was definitely, you know, I was hearing these stories from my dad and my uncles and stuff kind of as a young fella. And that was probably what sparked my uh, interest in history, um, you know, Irish history. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of, uh, you know, that kind of part of my family. Um, and, yeah. Uh, um, as you said, just a, a, kind of like a, a cool, um, cool for, 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 for our family name to have played um, a, a little part in um, know the Irish, um, these rising and, and the Irish work in Venice as well.
3: On the news round on Tuesday, Mick McCarty and Richard McCormack went back and forth on Alex Ferguson's role at Manchester United since Eric Ten Hag's arrival.
4: Because Eric Ten Hag has made them solid. And so I now tune in knowing they're not going to lose 8-0. Or 6-0 Or like a Brentford That was the last great day (laughs) 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 The day of Texting people Uh, Can you believe How terrible this is This is unbelievable Uh, Look I'm the Andy Farrell Of Manchester United fans I, 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 I embraced the adversity Yeah And I thought it was more fun
5: well, I'm interested to hear that from Manchester United fans. For the rest of us, huh. that's the golden age. Mm-hmm. And it went away so quickly because Ten Hag came in and they had like the... like The end of last season was amazing because I thought West Ham were going to catch them and knock them straight out of Europe because, you know, they just weren't picking up any points and you didn't know what was going to happen from one game to another. And that continued on last season in a way that oh actually maybe I do know what's going to happen they're going to be a calamity and get hammered and then he got it back together and now it's boring you're right I know like hammered and
4: then (laughs) it was like oh my god Roy Keane's in the studio this is going to be amazing and now it's just like, yeah, they were good. Casemiro's deadly, isn't
5: he? Yeah, it turns out Brentford and Brighton both better than we thought they'd be this year well, as true. well. You know, I'm not saying they weren't a calamity. They got rid of Ronaldo. That was the last like was Ronaldo's release quietly during the World Cup with a ten hag press conference a full two weeks away when he kinda didn't mention it anyway, the official end of the United Panther yeah. banter- Ear yeah. banter- Like, I mean, when when we get the treads. Yeah. On Twitter or whatever Twitter's replacement that was, will be in that a was couple the day of the years The music died. That could be the last yeah. entry. Yeah. yeah, It's
4: it's just less of an event now, Richie. The uh, too solid. the six nil losses, <clears> the <throat> protests, the the rants in the Sky Studio. It's now like, oh, they won two nil again.
6: Yeah, too solid too perfunctory it's like it's 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 bland in a way in its success tell you what Alex Ferguson is, as Stephen Doyle pointed out he's become more visible since United have become more
4: successful isn't he funny that isn't it yeah strange one isn't it um, he's holding court I, and why Rashford's a left-sided player wasn't saying know, boo yeah. for 10 getting years it, get,
6: getting invited into the dressing room yesterday after the win and all that it's, uh, it's great to, great to see him is that uh, Ferguson? at the centre of success
4: is that Ferguson looking
5: for reflected glory Cause yes. I, I, I well see I'd read that maybe that's true and he's not never mm. been one for a small ego but I'd see that as, well, I can't be involved because people will be asking me questions I can't answer when things are at their worst. So no, now you, I no can you. come out of my cave. Well, the, more chari- the more charitable version would be, he recognises this is a manager who's
4: obviously now, we can all say, of serious quality. So actually my presence in and around the team is not just uh, horrible yeah. yards, <laughs> impossible yardstick to be compared against
6: he thought David Moyes was that manager as well to, to be fair and like he's he's wanted the reflected glory of whatever may come since he left since he stood on the pitch and said your job now uh, as regards David Moyes like he's he's wanted to be the father figure of what came next ever since he stepped down and do now he, he gets to be that do you not think
4: he was you know not happy they were losing but didn't mind
5: five years of the Empire crumbling it it supplanted his legacy i mean there was no, there's no doubt about that like you know the, the 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 longer united were a rabble after alex ferguson the more his rightly acclaimed achievements yeah. were going to matter you know like i mean it's like i mean the, his stats at the time seemed incredible but we were living through them and then then he's gone and already you're kind of thinking Jesus, when you actually look at that like thirteen league titles, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of see what happens after he leaves and it becomes even it goes even to a higher pedestal. So there's no doubt in my mind that, that he was bad about <laughs> it. Hu-
4: it would be a huge thing. Yeah. If they won three Champs League
5: if David Moyes won three Champs
3: League in a row. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, like, oh, <laughs> sorry, Can we clip that <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Kind of Don't live clip in that parallel universe? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. With just over a week to go until the Scotland matchup, we had Brian O'Driscoll in studio to preview the decisive game for Andy Farrell. Men.
4: Murrayfield was billed at the start of this championship as that could be tricky. As we approach
7: it, it's getting no less tricky in people's eyes. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it, it is a great pity that it's we're not both unbeaten. It w- would have added to the um, to the occasion. Um, albeit they'll they'll love to be our banana skin, yeah, um, and and also give themselves a fighting chance going into uh, the final game. Uh, they didn't get anything against France, though. So I don't know what the permutation combinations would need to be for them to be in a positive position. But then Ireland still have England on the final day, which is not inconceivable. You yep. could lose that one too. So, um, Gregor Townsend said it was their best performance at the championship. Yeah, I, I I was really disappointed with France. Really disappointed with France this year. I don't know if I can if, if I'll get lambasted in. They keep for that, but I I just think they're they're not the team that they were last year. I, I just think the their attack shape doesn't look nearly as good as it did previously. Um, I think they're over reliant on a power game. I think they um, they're a bit lazy in getting back into position to be able to run hard onto the ball, and, I, and I'll counter that by talking about the James Lowe no try. If you if for anyone that wants to go back and have a look at it, look how far back Josh Van der Fleer actually lines himself up to run full tilt onto the ball. It's fifteen yards and he belts it. Yeah. None of France are doing that. They just they think we're we're, we're huge. We you the know, trot- we'll be able Smash. to just but yeah. the problem is it's there's no go again on that collision when when you're not I don't have a big head of steam, you know. If you're if you're knocked, there tends not to be this second coming. Yeah. Whereas with Josh, you see it so often because he's running so fast. He, there's an initial shot. He rides that out, and then there's an, an another three, four yeah. yards, and sometimes a, a secondary breakthrough. Ireland are number one in the championship for post contact meters. That, that that so so post contact meters and ruck speed are the two things. The, the, whatever about the kicking wrote you know ruck speed and, and post contact if you can be top of those two stats at rugby world cup time I think you'll have a great chance of winning it cuz mm. uh, cuz uh, an attack like Ireland yeah. it's, uh, any attack is all about speed of of the defense not being able to set
4: kind of surprising France you know given first team since '98 to uh, retain a Grand Slam was on offer. They're in a World Cup year, like that. They would
7: have a certain malaise. Is interesting. Maybe there was a do you, hangover. Do effect you not from agree? Do you think, like, if if I was, if we were to swap roles, do you not think that France have been disappointing this year? Like, yeah. Like they didn't really have to work that hard for for that. You know that end to Mac okay, a bit of parrots the first game. They were nineteen nil up. Yeah. In that game, and kind of limped over get their, got their bonus point okay fair enough but yeah, I I, I think they'll be, they'll be a lot better with Dante I think he's a huge loss to them
4: they do on the main All, Aldrich 16.
7: looks off the pace yeah, I know he got subbed off after 10 minutes their
4: attacking shape wouldn't jump out to me in the same way it would to you but certainly that ferocious um, intent
7: at the breakdown and just their general demeanour has dropped a notch or two I, I really think that Ireland's point of difference is, is their breakdown, mm. the accuracy of their breakdown. I've been probably banging that drum for a while, but it's, it's the speed at which and the clarity yeah. and, and the decision making on first support is, I would say, the ultimate point of difference of Ireland right now. So what of Scotland? I mean,
4: I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about France in the short term let's see how they go and we'll mm. see them in a few months, potentially
7: Scotland in a couple of weeks. But I'm sorry, but on France, yeah. I, I, I would be more confident, you know. Are we now on France fighting. over New Zealand? No, no, no. I'm not. Whatever comes, <laughs> comes. Right. Okay. But I think watching that, I don't think that they're the France of last year. Okay. So it's just something we're keeping an eye on. Okay. Per se. Per se okay. Then, sorry, Scotland. <clears throat> I think Finn, Finn can... Um, can pull teams apart I think we'll get a real test against him. I'm excited about how we are able to deal with what he throws at us if he gets a good platform um, but I think we we have we'll have too much oh, for them okay it is not I do I th- do think we'll still have too much yeah, for them okay. it'll be physical and battle but I, I think you look at the five tries should have had two more against Italy and we um, you, you'd be honest and say, we're decent without being exceptional. I don't mind the intercept try, you know, you're trying things brilliantly read by Bruno in fairness to him, he yeah. just, he's taking a real punt. Um, the first one was a bit, you'd be a bit worried about how you conceded that and how soft we were. But I think with different personnel, with Gary, or with with um, Robbie at 13, I don't think that happens. I think you play yeah. more aggressively. I think so much of 13 is about the about the bravado of what you're showing versus what you're thinking of doing you can't if you play if you show soft you're offering space you've got to at least show hard and play soft mm. um you can't offer immediate drift. You've got to you've got to put yourself under pressure to show high, higher to then be able to have an ability to bounce out to the touchline um, because so much of, of what we're doing now is about getting in the 10s eye line and forcing them to make decisions or go back inside or go to places that they feel nervous. And when they get a bit twitchy about you playing high in their eye line and they're thinking about throwing a long pass and you dumb, dummy blitz one and they don't throw and go back inside. It's just it's another screw in their heads and that is all part of being, of good 13 and centre play from a defensive side of things and I think at the moment I haven't seen around the world so someone doing it much better than Gary. Okay. So you, uh, not putting words in your mouth, you don't see any aspect of Scotland which worries No, you of course. The- sorry, I don't want to sh- write them off but I think on the balance of what we've seen so far it will be a tough game. Mm. It will be a, a very physical game but I think we um, we ha- we will have enough capability ideally as well with a full deck you know if we're talking you know maybe even Johnny Robbie and Gary and if you talk about Furlong in there and Gibson Park maybe Yeah. like I would be very confident with what they can bring to the team what they can add to the team on top of what they've already built so far in the Six Nations okay. I don't think it's going to be a route but I, I would be confident that we'll cause lots of problems for them
3: What do Gaza, the IRA, egg throwing, and one of the first ATMs in Britain have in common? They all came up this week when we asked Graham Hunter a question that he wasn't supposed to be able to answer.
4: Uh, We had a question in earlier on. We were just chewing the fat in here. And it was that dreadful question that you get asked sometimes. And my mind certainly goes blank. So I'm going to fire it your way, given that you are uh, Mr. The Big Interview. Uh, Who
8: is Ah, the favorite person,
4: who is the favorite person, your favorite guest on your show that you've interviewed?
8: Oh, will you stop? It's the worst. I need a week's preparation for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you intro that it. Well, look, um, I've been surprised. Um, so recently when I was down with uh, Adam Lallana in Brighton, we were struck by his uh, brilliant articulacy in describing Alexis McAllister. That made the hair stand up. Most recent of all, Martin O'Neill, whereby... Martin's so popular. He's been around as a footballer and as a coach for so long. I didn't expect to hear things that that stood out as new. It was more like, let's let him be eloquent on themes. No, 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 no. He he told me about being a young nor- Northern Irishman in the Midlands of England in the middle '70s when the, when the when the when the when the campaign from the IRA reached England, and in fact, 48 hours before one of the two pubs that were bombed in Birmingham blew up. He'd been in there by total fluke uh, with his brother and a teammate um, prior to watching a gig in Birmingham, and, and he'd missed that that terrible tragedy by forty hours. And he spoke about it beautifully. It, I, I could go on. Um, who stands out as the absolute best? I was I, I, one of the ones that will never leave me is Chris Waddle for two reasons, uh, Joe. And and I know you didn't want the Iliad and the Odyssey from me in an hour's worth of answer. I know. I know, but when, when, when see, Waddle talked about growing up in Newcastle and having his, I think his mum's sister living in Watford, I said to him, I asked him if he remembered watching the World Cup final in 1966, and he said, well, what we used to do to get to TV was, we had a, my mum and dad had a big motor motorcycle and a sidecar, and I think it was mum and dad plus three kids, all on the motorbike and in mm. the sidecar, and he said that, Roads' big main motorways were quite new then. And they genuinely were. So he said they, they were going at such a slow pace that they used to clamber over one another and change places without stopping on the drive down from, this is him as a tiny kid and, and two younger siblings, I think, clambering over one another. This genius of the game, this great man of the game. And also, the, from Chris as well, um, being rooming with Gaza and Gaza going out and buying you know, crates full of eggs and waiting late at night in the team hotel they were in because there was a, 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 a what was then quite a new ATM cash machine Um about, I suppose, but, you know, Chris described it as about 35, 40 metres away. And guys would guys would open the, the window beautifully and just take up the eggs and start pelting whoever's doing the ATM <laughs> with a couple of egg sniper shots and then closing the window and pretending nobody was there. And um, the final one, again, with Chris was uh, him talking about loving the particularly for Wednesday where Ellsborough was old, did the wooden seats would, if you stood up suddenly, the wooden seats would clack. And you could hear hundreds and then thousands, as he took a man on and beat him, you could hear hundreds of wooden seats in his mind going, clack, 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 clack. As people stood up going, what on, Chris? And then as he lost his way, as, as form departed and age caught up with him, he would hear nothing. And he talked about how depressing that was. And, you know, if you gave me the rest of the show, I could give you 70 highlights from the 135, 136 interviews. And all I would close this off by saying is the generosity of people to keep doing this um, as a favour. Um, and three or four of our guests involuntarily have been reduced to tears. And the best thing of all, Joe, is a number of listeners who will say, I've been having a really hard time recently. This must be the same for you with the ball, that people can put their headphones in and lose themselves from their troubles, and can feel lifted away from whatever is making them blue. And some people have talked to us outright about having come through depression and needed a place to go in their minds. And the interviews helped them. And you know, I'll go from now to my grave um, when Gaz, Gaz gets me with his eggs tonight. We're at. Um, been grateful for that feedback and that experience.
4: Mm. Yeah, we do get the same correspondence sometimes from listeners, and it's lovely because there are definitely days as important as sport is where I drive home thinking, What the hell are we doing here? This is just silly talking about this stuff so much.
8: Oh, that's because you're a grown up man. I never do. No, no, no. <laughs> that's literally because you've got a grown up mind, and you're, you're the years that we've known each other have established you've got different priorities. I never ever do that. I better or worse days, but what would sport? It is equal in human creation to opera, theatre, cinema, television, ballet. It just is. Sport is it is equal to and, and above all of that. Nobody ever said, so, Oh I wonder God, I wonder if we should chuck this cinema thing, this this <laughs> opera, this ballet thing and that flipping it. No, it's Much more important to think about deficits and local budget, local council spending. Come on, Joel. I
4: hear you. I'm not saying we should stop sport. I'm just wondering if I need to talk about Man United's right back of a Tuesday
3: every week. That's all.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I tune in. I tune in to listen to you doing that.
3: Rasidat Adeleke is setting records up in Texas and representing Ireland as well as any other athlete right now. She joined Joel to revel in her success so far on Wednesday. You're too good at the moment. Oh my God, what's happening?
0: No, I'm really working hard towards, you know, achieving all the kind of goals I've set out for this year. So definitely need to keep keep pushing forward.
4: Good. Well, you're going to need new goals pretty soon at this rate. If people uh, missed this over the last couple of days, you uh, set a new NCAA indoor record for 400 meters. You set the 13th fastest 400 meter indoor time of all time. This was in Texas, running four. Uh, Texas University, Uh, you broke your own national record at the four hundred meters, ran a time of fifty point three three seconds. I watched the race. For anybody who didn't see it, uh, by the end of the first lap, you were well clear. You stayed well clear. You annihilated the field, and then you looked up at the clock and thought, "Woohoo! I've done it again." That's about the gist.
0: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Kind of sounds like a routine now. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. it's been really exciting running the 400 metres this year. It kind of does tap into my potential and seeing what I can do. Um, each race has been getting better. So I'm really excited for my next race and see what I can do.
4: Yeah, I'll bet you are. When mm-hmm. Rashida did the idea to first run uh, 400 <coughs> occurred, were, were coaches saying this to you almost, you know, five, ten years ago, like Rashida, you know, eventually you will run 400 metres or has it been something that's, that's arisen more lately?
0: Um, I guess due to my build, I'm very, like, tall and, like, lengthy. I have a long stride and slim and stuff. And I guess when I was younger, they'd always assumed that I'd be a really good 400-meter runner or a I've heard 800-meter runner, and I definitely wouldn't go that far up in distance. So, you know, um they've always thought I was going to, especially after I started doing the sprints more so. And when I ran the 4x4 a couple of times in college and I would split fast times in the 4x4 relay and a lot of people would speculate that I'd be really good at the 400 meters. And I was um, really because of my build, honestly. Right. And I guess they were right. I kind of tried to run away from it for as long as I could because, you know, I'd always hear about how you know, hard it was and how hard the training was. But like now I can see the training definitely is hard, but um, I can definitely see that I'm kind of tapping into my potential in the 400 metres and how much potential I can have in the future. So I think think it was a good decision and a good call from a lot of people.
4: Yes, clearly. And remind Mm -hmm. us, when did you really start focusing on the 400 metres in your training? When did that start?
0: So I started training for the 400 meters in October. So as soon as well, whenever my break was over from the season, I started training for the 400 meters. It was definitely like a big, big adjustment due from the short sprint training. It's definitely harder, more strenuous on the body, but um, I can see the results. So I'm really happy with how it's been going.
4: Wow, only since October. I mean, these results mm-hmm. are quick. You must be thrilled.
0: No, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really excited um, to be able to improve this much. These are like times people would wish to run in their entire career. And yeah. after four months of training, I'm running it indoor. So like, I'm not absolutely delighted with the progress I've made. And I'm really excited to see where I can go after a year of training or two years of training, three years of training. Yeah.
4: Amazing. Wow. I didn't realise it was that recent. That's incredible to be running these mm-hmm. times. I mean, that, that is so exciting for you. Uh, the training difficulties uh, you mentioned. So, I mean, I, I the 400 metres is like always oh, like famously talked about is so difficult because you're almost full speed for almost the full amount of time and yeah. people talk about the, you know, the, the, that that last 100 metres as being just no fun at all. So what's that like?
0: Yeah, um, I know when I was running it last year, the last 100, last 50, I'd be so tight, so tense. I feel like I'd run it, I was running backwards, honestly. <laughs> but now, because I've actually trained for it, And I'm a little bit more used to it. I know how to kind of somewhat pace myself that it actually doesn't seem as bad. It's really just the training. The training is absolutely awful. Um, The training definitely (laughs) makes me want to reconsider my career choices. Um, You know... Like, maybe I don't want to be a professional (laughs) athlete. But now you kind of see after 20 minutes when you're not hurting anymore, you snap out of it and be like, okay, that was a good session. Okay. So that's definitely the worst part.
4: What is the worst part of 400 meters training that you didn't have to do for shorter distances?
0: Just the long, like the, the long runs with reduced recovery. So like we might have something that I definitely wasn't exposed to before. It was like in um fall season we'd be doing like 600s and 500s and repeat 400s and i'd never run over 300 meters in training before so like now that being that distance being doubled was so absurd to me like running the 600 meters in training like i was just not used to it and i would die like every day like after <laughs> i would get to like past the 200 i'd be like okay that's me now i'm just gonna <laughs> Dog, the rest of the way.
4: <laughs> uh, I got to pick you up there. You said fall season. I mean, you've only been in America two years. Look at you. Oh, this course. is unbelievable.
0: <laughs> no, I I sometimes find myself picking up on some little lingo, some little slang and little yeah. things like, you know, I'm going to the shopping centre, Like I'm going to the mall. I'm like, oh my God, oh, no. I need to stop
4: Oh this. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to the mall and get the elevator.
9: I can he hear was in a school performance talking about when Kenny way. Cunningham was in What's the studio. Up? Kenny Cunningham, hello. Evening,
4: lads. Evan Ferguson Mania is taking over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but not that's in this wild. studio. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Rich, uh, waiting for him to jump, uh, jump in. He was looking at me. Yeah, I think that's been around for, uh, for some time amongst the, uh, the Irish football and public, anyway. Uh, he's been just been playing consistently well. I think we all feared the worst after that uh, potential injury a few weeks ago, but he's bounced back from that and picked up where he left off. So, yeah. yeah. Starts against France now? Well, he's certainly in uh, c- contention. He's making a, s- a strong argument. I mean, look, he can throw it out there in terms of not putting too much expectation or responsibility on his shoulders. You know, we want him for the long term. We don't want to do him any damaging the short term by throwing him in, you know, he's not ready, you know, blah, blah, blah. I kind of understand that argument, but each 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 person's different, each individual different kind of mentality, mindset, and this lad for me just looks he looks ready. You know, every step that he's made, Joe, and his certainly in his club career so far, going over there at a very young age, making a big impact in the other twenty-three is despite being a very kind of young teenager and he's kind of You know, he's just kind of blossomed in that kind of environment, and yeah. And in the first team, at the moment, he just looks effortless for him. He's obviously still learning the game and still improving, but what he's shown at the moment, you would think, in an Ireland jersey, he certainly helps the team in that forward attacking option.
4: You love the use of blah blah blah, don't you? (laughs) It's one of your go-tos, I'd say. That'd be a Kenny when I'm boring
2: me, I feel like I can that's when I start listening to my own voice, I start boring myself eventually it comes out. <laughs>
4: blah blah blah. Here yeah. I go again. I see Peter Crouch, I just started flicking through the papers here. I'm trying to catch up with myself. And David Beckham were in Dublin over the last few days. Did you get the call?
2: <laughs> I didn't know. No. Yeah, they were over. Q and A, I'm I'm uh, I'm guessing. No, no the, oh, I think they were, I
4: think they were just sampling the hospitality out, out. the sampling Dublin pub life. Separate to each other, actually. They weren't with each other oh, right. God, I was going
2: to say that's an unlikely uh, Duo. enough pairing yeah what have you been up to today? Um, yeah, slow day today yeah slow day just just uh do you like ducking, a, a, ducking and diving. That's no, right. another one of me. No, ducking no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> blah blah blah. Do you like a lad? That's rich. No, he, know, he, know, hold on. he knows what I, he knows. What I do on a daily basis. Go on, Rich. He's I, laughing. He no, no. Don't I don't go know. on, Rich. I don't yeah.
6: know. I don't know. It's like I. I, well, I, yeah. I was, was was bringing the youngest lad home from school last week, and I saw this opulent sports car coming up the Oscar trainer Road Ford. with a very with Kia. a very familiar figure. Ford.
2: Kia. <laughs> it, Just put that. Don't, out. don't be giving away there
6: don't be giving away the mower it was a very opulent sports car uh, the top might have been down i can't remember <laughs> uh, but i could spot the head of kenny gunningham uh, driving up the road and like do you know the way when kenny's on joe it, it always comes back to food somehow <laughs> like somehow we always end up chatting about like you know what kenny's been eating or what he likes to have on his pancakes whether he likes tuna or not yeah like, he's driving past me on the oscar Trainer road and he's stuffing his face behind the wheel of the car classic Which you know, kenny you know. When, when you're when you're behind a high octane sports car wheel like he was, it's pretty dangerous. Uh, but yeah, stuff in you his face. To look like had to, you had
2: to get involved in my business and message me like uh, <laughs> some minutes after. I'd like to think he was messaging from the car, like because that obviously would be a <laughs> legal offence if Rich was doing that. I'm not. Can you eat and drive? I'm not sure that's great either. I'm sure you can scoop a few almond nuts into your gob oh, off the nuts. passenger Please. seat when, when you're driving. Almond, Surely can't that, that almond can't be a nuts. traffic offence. There's not a chance you had almond nuts. He's off the he's off the crisps for Lent, apparently. That's what he told no, me. Oh it's good for the memory. See, that's, that that aligns itself with the crossword, the, the nuts. is good for the old... Uh, yeah, memory keeps the old brain ticking over. Yeah. All do the research has been done, Joe. It's no, I understand. Done. Do you like a slow day or do you
4: find them boring? <laughs> <laughs> but like were you bored today? Is that why you're
2: here? No, I take over. No, done me a few bits. Done me a few bits. so I had to. I had to be done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> give, us, <laughs> give us one bit. I'm starting to think you are up to no good. No, no, I'm re. I'm rehabbing at the moment. I'm rehabbing. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a bit of uh, sciatica. If you, if you, if you have to know me personal business. So I'm, uh, I'm on a little bit of a no program at the moment, which I'm got the blinkers on. Okay. Yeah.
4: Building up your glutes. That kind of stuff.
2: Uh no. That'd be more of a glute related uh,
4: no, no <laughs> It's very, very, very important for your back.
2: Very important for back your support. back. Back support. Are you been the rugby? Is this a, is this a lead into, the, into no. our rugby? I, I've, chitchat, I, I've, I've,
4: I've, I won't bore you with the details. I won't go blah, blah, blah here.
2: But you can't wait. No, no rugby this weekend either.
4: But oh, well, about God. two years ago, accident, back in a bad place. And oh. I've, had, I've had two years of doing boring glute yeah. exercises, boring weights to try. Little and pelvic tilts. All of that stuff. That's very important.
2: Pilates. Pilates.
4: Yeah, maybe i could do that right now, but initially it was just trying to get as strong as you possibly can.
2: Yeah, I'm it's on no a bit crack. of Pilates at the moment on top of what I'm doing. I think I've turned the corner with it. Big, big fan of the old uh, Pilates. done a lot of it back in the day. I had a groin-related injuries uh, tail end of my career and I was struggling a bit and got introduced to that. Good. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff.
4: I was looking into all that now because I'm at an age where I can really feel the mobility just being <laughs> suctioned out of me
6: every single time you get up Joe, it's like Whoa. yeah making sense. Down. Yeah, you're like Steve Bruce any time he kind of moves in a
4: chair <laughs> <laughs>
10: yeah.
4: I just want to hold on to whatever I have but I, I feel starting now as opposed to in another 10 or 20 years is yeah. the time to do it so uh, I'm on the lookout for a Pilates slash yoga class is one perceived as better than the other or much of a mushness?
2: The yoga I started, funny enough, when I was playing. I always had to look at it and thought, yeah, okay, I get it to a point. But um, I found that it actually shook me a little bit. I woke up, i done one a yoga session, woke up the following day. And this is when I was playing, might have been on a Thursday morning or something before I got into training. And the pff, stiff, like really stiff and sore of the body. So I thought, oh, I've got to be careful here. How I introduced it, the platform for me was a little bit more subtle, like, you know what I mean? Just m- more kind of gradual introducing right. that. So, yeah, but the yoga. Yeah I I get it to a point But I'm I'm not really Not really embracing it I've got to be honest with you Mm. But the Pilates is different Yeah it's good Right
4: Because I have a better sense of yoga I've seen all the positions I suppose Whereas what's Pilates? Not similar, no?
2: Yeah, yeah similar uh, similar principles. It can be tough, to be honest with you. It oh, can yeah, I'll be bet. Yeah, it's, it's a, it can potentially a torture chamber if you go in a few of those uh, uh, Pilates studios. But you're shaking as yeah. you're holding that stretch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, no, it's good, but you've got to get your head straight going. It could be quite frustrating experience when you first go in there in terms of kind of almost kind of re-educate your body a little bit mm. so you got to kind of, kind of persevere and stick with it.
4: I think men are bad as well. We're less yeah. flexible than women.
2: Which yeah, if you're not picking up stuff and throwing it against a wall and having a wrestle, it doesn't, <laughs> it I was doesn't think, make sense.
4: Because uh, Netflix threw up a bunch of uh, yoga classes recently, and obviously on YouTube you could get them, but I just thought, no, I'll, I'll do something silly. You know, I'll crack my back the wrong way and I'd prefer an instructor to guide me through the initial period, you know?
2: Yeah bit more st- people talk about the more spiritual thing with the yoga, aren't they in terms of cleansing the mind and all that now, I wouldn't really be chasing that to be honest with you so. I'm chasing
4: that <laughs> I need that
2: <laughs> you need to be cleansing it you don't, yeah? don't want to be in here
4: uh, no, no I, that, that would appeal to me oh really that aspect really that, would yeah. no, that doesn't getting in me touch me. with my breath and the spirituality aspect 100% <laughs> why are you laughing that doesn't surprise me at all so I be honest with you. <laughs> yeah there we go uh, any experiences 53106 actually I would be very interested Let us know Good bad Indifferent Richie have you done any of that? God no um,
2: No I'm far too lazy Joe Far too lazy
4: See I, I sort of think
2: For I can the see Rich on a bike Lazy man <laughs> I can see Rich on a bike Lycra He's the too, host, tall. Lycra. The Lycra. It's too tall Lycra yeah. He's too tall for a bike Yeah heading out for the Hill of Hout He's only, only a, What's that 3-4 miles down the road from you Hill of Hout oh, Pretty much yeah yeah. No yeah, yeah. bother to him oh, I'd find it
4: a bit boring I guess the a scenery, bike. scenery maybe would. I would like a uh, on in a gym bike. would do nothing for me now. Oh,
2: gym bikes! Now I'm talking about get out on the road. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, on the lazy point. See, I would have thought Richie like it's
4: appealing that in that it's not cardio. You know, if you're like facing into a yeah. run. Like, oh, I'm a walker. A
6: few, a few a walker. stretches. Like, you know, okay. No, I'm a walker. I walk anywhere. Like and I'll, I'll walk like mad long distances just for. The hell of it. You know, and you just kind of start and you're just like, oh, I'll keep going. I'll keep going this way. I'll keep going this way. And I'm out kind of, you know, every day anyway. So, Mossy yeah. Quinn just texted me.
4: Two words. Oh, there you go. He's a good man. Yeah. I mean, he's ageless. Do you know
2: Mossy Quinn? No, I haven't. Don't know. Dublin we'll footballer. Yeah, yeah. Still looks no
4: 25. One. You'd hate him. He does. Yeah. yeah it's, it's ridiculous. Awful. It's really terrible.
2: <laughs> he just said hot yoga. Hot yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga instructor. Or what, what's he talking about? Kenny. <laughs> Come on, Sorry, sorry, sorry.
4: Not in the dressing room in the nineties. Oh my god. I'm cringing for you. Can you to go hang out with Keys and Grey over and do
2: over in Guitar? Do you? You said it. Yeah. Hot yoga I is And thing. your eyebrows went up as soon as you said it. Not Not true. Don't set a trap like that and uh, fall into it. Hot yoga.
4: I I presume the logic there is it's easier for you to get a stretch on when in higher hotter temperatures. But again, I don't know, I'm total novice with this.
2: There is a bit. I've heard at the studio, Some of the studios down the gyms, yeah, they bang up the temperature. That's true.
3: And finally, Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny explained to Nathan Murphy on Thursday why Ireland need to follow the path of Croatia rather than that of Morocco, who had great success in the World Cup.
9: A lot of people said, well, you know, we must learn from Morocco. They have a way of playing. Mm. And Morocco are outstanding in the World Cup, there's no doubt. Um, we must learn from them and they must be blueprint for us and how we play and it's a point of view you know to respect but I think Morocco were a country of 170 million obviously they had the diaspora really of all of those players from France and Spain uh, you know and 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 other countries and they played a certain way to get to the, the under a different coach to get to the the World Cup and obviously played in a very counter attacking step with some terrific players. But I don't think that necessarily it's relevant to us. I don't see the relevance with the characteristics of the players they've got to what we've got. I don't see that. But I think we can learn from the country I think we can learn most from is Croatia. A country, 4 million people, World Cup final, World Cup semi final. But okay, they've got some world-class players, mm. particularly Modric, who's playing with Real Madrid. We don't have players playing at that level, but it's their intention to dominate possession. They never have an inferiority complex, and it's their intention, no matter who they're playing, to get a foothold in possession. They are never thinking about how can we sit and hopefully break and get something. They are thinking, they play Brazil, and they're looking to dominate possession. Okay? Now, it doesn't always work because Brazil are so good, they force you back. Sure. All right? But for us... And I experienced this myself in in the Champions League and in the Europa League uh, over the over the years. That in order, and this was a sea change really in how our teams I felt set up in Europe. And we must, and and we have now over the last two years I feel um, improved. We, we we mustn't think that we have to sit back and and counter all the time, regardless who we're playing, like there's an assumption, for example, that when we play France that they're vastly superior to us and which obviously are they got two World Cup finals, that they will dominate against us, you know, possession and that. But I think Croatia one legitimate way of winning those games, sometimes, and I think it's important to, to pass with penetration. You know, in my early time as manager, we were Retain the possession without penetrating, and you don't want that. Then we've improved. and Since we've gone with three at the back, played 20 uh, some of the stack. today we played 22 games, we scored 33 goals. So scoring goals hasn't been an issue for us, okay. And I think uh, we're more fluid now, and we have the ability to do that. And all those players have, sco- have scored their first goals for Ireland, mm. okay. But I do think that Croatia sometimes, when the Croatia would play Brazil, who were superior to them because Croatia were, were not the team of four years ago for example I didn't think but yet yet they beat Brazil they created it they, they, without creating chance so they dominated possession sometimes without penetration and sometimes I found that myself in some of the European victories it, it's a way of winning in, in dominating possession you're not necessarily penetrating in any major way but you're staying in the game for long periods true through, through, through keeping possession and we, we, we that's that's something that that uh, we must be confident in an ability to, to retain possession and to pass the ball the way we can and we've got cutting edge players who can score goals
10: Well that's when you look at Croatia and you look at Modric like it's a bravery that Modric has to get it's, on the but ball But it's
9: not Modric like just You, you, you feel just Croatia player. when when Modric it's, it's, steps it's, it's, away it's not, they'll continue it's, to it's, play it's, like it's, that Well I think he's be- obviously their best player but I think it's a mindset and um, you know and I think they've got players playing overall and a higher standard than we have mm. not, but I think it's you know Dynamo for Ireland as a nation we need Dynamo Zagreb we need Shamrock Grovers or Cork City or Dirty City to be our Dynamo Zagreb you know what I mean and our uh, Hedgex particularly Zagreb who produce all these players and obviously with the academy system now evolving and we're still you know it, it is, it is um, in its infancy really in Ireland but we need we need to produce players ourselves In the way that they have, you know, and then obviously they move on to the bigger, the bigger leagues when they got to get the opportunity. And I think um, I think Croatia are a really good model for us. Obviously, they don't have GAA or or rugby Mm. in such a strong, in in such a country of our size that we have. And, you know, but I think they're, I think we can learn a lot from them about their club model, but also uh, their mindset as well. You know that they're, they, they trust them, trust the technical level of the players, and all our players, all our defenders now have come through. Like we've, we've 18 players have come through, through our, eighteen players have come through our own system in the last two years. 18 players Nathan, like that's that's unprecedented, and they've all come through our own system, and they're all good in the ball, and they're all technically decent. Okay, so I think that's. Um,
10: Did you uh, see that bravery when you when you first came in? Because, I remember talking to John Giles about one of the early games even maybe just past the Mm. COVID era and talking about possession football he was making that point of there's possession for possession's sake but there's another level to it then actually yeah. that you're doing something no, when you're that, on the ball do, it, do you think there was a confusion as to even amongst the players as to what people expected from your style of football that people thought it would be 65-70% just keeping hold of it for the sake of keeping hold of it
9: yeah no it, not, that's not the way you want to play in the vast majority of games like I think um, you, you need to have penetration in your play like there's no doubt about it and that's what we found in our early days we were playing without penetration get the players
10: why was forward. that do you think?
9: well we just want midfield players looking forward and passing quickly and you know we want uh, maybe get I mean people watched uh, the early playing from the back of the early days through their hands mm. they were nervous of us and felt we were unsure doing it but I never had any doubts that we've not you know we've not conceded any goals from playing out and you know We've obviously created a lot of chances with, with the goals, as we've said. But, um, you know, from a sports science point of view, we brought impact in the German company to measure our forward passing, just to validate, uh, you know, the and measure, you know, every player's for, you know forward passing and their, their, their range of passing. And you know, we did that just to verify what we see with our own eyes. You and know. when you
10: present that to the players, are the players? Initially, would they have been surprised by the lack of forward passing? Would they have thought that they were there yeah, was more they, just penetration just, than there actually just, just, was?
9: Just through video clips, I think. We mm-hmm. see it, and we, you know, clip stuff and Keith Andrews and. Um, Stephen Rice as well and you know Dean Coyley we're clipping stuff all the time and just show, showing the players and do, better ways we can do things
3: thank you for listening to the best bits podcast you can catch Off The Ball every night from 7pm to 10pm on News Talk the OTB Sports app or on offtheball.com